listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Welcome to the Footy Talk Podcast. I'm listener Tony Squires and Ryan Girdler in for this Saturday. Coming up, we'll take a look back at the Raiders' win over the Dragons that now puts the Canberra side in the top four. And we'll get Gerd's thoughts on the drama between the NRL and the players. That and so much more on the Footy Talk Podcast on Listener. Hello and welcome to the Footy Talk Podcast. On Lister, my name is Tony Squires. What a joy, privilege and pleasure it is to welcome Ryan Girdler to the oh, microphone. Oh, Tony, <laughs> so nice to be here with you again on a Saturday morning. The pleasure is absolutely all mine. You're bouncy today. You're a little bit up, it's I'm good. I'm yeah. 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 I came into the studio and the desk was at a great height. It's usually uh, a nipple height. It's yes. now a belly button height, so I've got a straight microphone. Uh-huh. You don't like um, a nipple height? Little, little things, Tony. Mm, you don't like a nipple little height? Little things. No, it's always uncomfortable, but I don't know how to change it because mm. I don't have a panel up up here, so ah. I don't go around to that side of the desk because anything could happen. And uh, <laughs> But today, yeah, because I'm a stander. Yes, I know I'm you're a, a stander. You know, I'm it used to be, in, in radio, it used to be a huge thing. Um, I, it was, I think it might have been 2WS was the first people who started to do standing up radio. Everybody else sat down and it was, ah, it was okay. considered back in the day very, very radical. Oh, like, well, you know, it's really progressive ju- tone. You know, troops of journalists, yeah, media journalists, would file in to watch people standing up. New age. I know. New aged, you know, mm-hmm. um, broadcasting tone. Yeah, I'm a stander. Yeah. have been. Yeah. Um, I, it, I used to sit actually back in the day, but then I, I saw a couple of people stand that I admired and I just went, you know, that's that's right. where I want to be. Well, because so we, well, famously, who was it? Some politician said they've never heard a great speech delivered sitting down, which is terrible is right? for anybody okay. who may be, you know, uh, disabled mm. and, and must sit down. Good you, point. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, I, but I, I think you're right. You know, it is a good thing. I'm just too lazy to stand. Uh, yeah, simple as that. Well, it's a long show. <laughs> 20 minutes. 20 minutes. <laughs> exactly. What are we going to talk about? We got, well, we've got stacks to talk about. Well, and the What's good thing on? is that we're both allowed to talk because at the moment this weekend there are certain people, <laughs> certain players who aren't allowed to talk. Listen, segue Stephen here. Wow, uh, that's with the, Yeah, absolutely. With the, uh, the boycott, the NRL players boycotting media commitments. Now, at the moment, I think it's through the end of around 19, which is where we're at the, at the moment. So yeah. origin included. So it's a big impact mm. idea uh, given the, their dispute with the NRL. Uh, this is look, – look, I think Ricky Stewart said it the other day. He was wondering whether the players actually know. The players who are taking this action and are refusing to speak in you know, post-pre-game halftime interviews, yeah. whether the bulk of them actually know why that decision has been made. Just you know, in terms of clarifying, where do you think we're at? Tone, I think that uh, from what I can gather, there was 50 delegates all representing the clubs that were there. And, you know, what have we got, 300 players? So I think there's a fair chunk of people within the game or the players that know what's going on, to be fair. Uh, Look, this negotiation has been going on now for, what, 20 months? Yeah. Um, And, you know, from the information I've been able to sort of look across, it's the NRL have walked away from the negotiation table Mm -hmm. on the back of, um, you know, the, the RLPA just you know, not being able to agree on a, I think it's about a hundred things. The main ones being, you know, when, when you've got a revenue share model and that's what was agreed on, I think maybe with the last CBA, yep. the disclosure 
disclosure of all financials is crucial, right? Because mm-hmm. that's the revenue. And if you're going to have a share in it, you need to know what that looks like. So I, d- I think the RLPA are a little bit upset that there hasn't been full disclosure with the financials. Playing data, medical and other control used without consent, control of operational costs of the RLPA. So, you know, sometimes big corporations use that to freeze out unions. I think most people understand that. International uh, rep payment funding plan, where does that come from? Above forecast revenue share outcomes. Um, so, you know, anyway, we won't go into too much deal. Input um, of how the funds are disputed when they are received by the RLPA. I know your eyes are glazing over yeah. that tone and, mm. and that's what it is, but I think that they're the issues, um, the, the main issues that I can see that... Um, they can't find a solution on. And, there was and a new one in there too, wasn't there, about the uh, the payment, trying to get a parity of payment in international games for, you know, those who aren't that's on what tier one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so basically breaking that one down, the NRL want that to come out of the, the revenue yeah. share as opposed to any money brought in from the international um, games, um, so sponsorship or obviously bums on seats, uh, which would be above and beyond the revenue share model. So they wouldn't have any part of that, but they would be expected to make the payments to the players out of the uh, share given to them by the NRL. So just yeah. things like that that probably don't mean a lot to a lot of people, but uh, they mean a lot to the players in the game. Yeah. Um, it's interesting how, where it's going to go, because uh, Peter Volandis doesn't strike me as a man who's just going to roll over. No. He seems pretty strong in terms of negotiation has been yeah. with, with racing and with rugby league and from yeah. ever, you know, we've seen him dealing with that kind of stuff. So yeah. that will be interesting with, with what kind of a brick wall uh, the Players well, Association continues to be met with. Yeah, well, uh, if they really want to find a solution, Tone, they probably need to get an industrial relations mediator involved because I think Hugh Marks came in. Yep. He was appointed by the NRL to help with negotiations and apparently from what I can gather, he did a fairly good job and brought the group uh, a lot closer together than what they originally were. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that has now come to a, a bit of a halt and they need to bring someone independently in who's impartial to both parties. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to see if they go down the path that Matty Johns was uh, talking about, whether in fact that the NRL or uh, the broadcasters may feel like they need to be compensated because the players aren't delivering what was in that broadcast agreement contract by not being oh, there totally. for interviews, all those sorts of yeah. things. A yeah. lot of buttons yet to be pushed on that. All right. Yeah. Uh, and it is, as we said, right in the middle of uh, the Origin campaign next Wednesday night. Uh, Brad Fittler takes seven changes. Ooh. He said last weekend, you know, yes. uh, you know, we we're very close. We won't make uh, many changes. And then, then seven of them lobbed. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you make of that team? Um, well, Tony, I think four of those were maybe three or, or four of those were forced through yep. injury. Yep. Um, so, yeah, and some guys that probably would have been in that um, system from the start uh, but were out with injury, like Jake, um, for instance, come back into the side. I don't think that was much of a surprise. Um, but, look, there had to be change, Tony. We lost two yep. of the uh, of the games in the series. Um, so it's it's, I guess, a side that's been picked with one eye on the future uh, and one eye of getting the job done now. So there was a couple of surprises in there. I won't, um, I won't lie. I, I didn't see uh, Bradman Best. I no. didn't see that selection at all. I thought That's there were some other guys that probably, um, you know, were in, in front of him. But um, as Freddie said, but that was really he's been in their system and, yeah. you know. That his, I mean, he's been in the system since he was a kid. I mean, I guess a lot of kids come through there and, you know, you, they're targeted or they're seen as being, you know, excellent young players. And he was certainly yeah. has been among that group for, for such a long time. Because uh, Brandy did rail against the idea that he was a surprise selection and he only came in on the back of <laughs> yeah. a, a, yeah. a few tries against uh, yeah. Bulldogs, who isn't really the standard he's going to meet when he plays Queensland. 
as yeah. saying it was rude to, to Bradman to say that. But, you mm. know, there, I guess there are a stack of, you know, I'm interested to see how it goes. I am interested to see how it goes, but I think you're right. There probably were a few that, and there's been a string of injuries in that position as well and to yeah. uh, you know, allow him to get there. Regan Campbell-Gillard, I'm interested to see come back too. He, uh, yep. you know, he's, got, he's been playing great for the Eels. Look, I think just the way that they play as well, Tone. I mean, they've brought people in on the back of, and I've been talking about the things that they've done well, make decisions around the things that you're doing well and not so much about the things that you're failing at. And, and New South Wales, they've brought some creatives in there. They need to find a way to score points, and there's no better player in the competition than, than taking advantage of good field position than Cody Walker. That's mm-hmm. what he does on a weekly basis. Now, if you break down the way that he plays with South Sydney and the way Jerome Luai plays with Penrith, you can see yeah, how the, why they would bring him into the side. They feel like they've had some dominant moments in those games, which they certainly have. And if you look at Jerome Luai on the back of dominance, he likes to run the football. If you look at Cody Walker on the back of dominance, he likes to, you know, set up supports and try and break them down on the edges, which is what New South Wales haven't been able to do so far. So I understand the different changing tactics. It probably had to be done, Tone, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. There's been a lot of talk about Cody Walker and, and just how good he is uh, from within the New South Wales camp, which makes you wonder, yeah. well, maybe he should have been there. From origin yeah, one. There's, there's that argument, you know, the tempo that he plays with. There's, a, there's not a better player in those situations that gets the ball where it needs to go. You know, how often do you see him just, you know, manipulate the defence so that if there's one guy out of the three support players that needs the football and there's one guy that goes through, well, he often finds that guy. So it'll be interesting to see if he can break down this Queensland defence because it has been exceptional so far in the series. Yeah. L- love Gutho. Interesting bench kind of player, though, isn't he? It's very specific. Yeah. I don't understand the Gutho one, to yeah. be honest. Tone, I just thought another middle would have been yeah. pretty important there. I think we got a little bit gun-shy and reactive to what happened in game two when we lost um, We lost Tom. Yeah. Um, oh, was it Tom? Who did we lose on? Who went off? Yeah, Tommy Trebojevic was the, uh, yeah. the, the pick. And yeah. It, yeah, and it's just, um, you know, like... If you, if you have a middle player there, I would they've put Isaiah Yo on the bench. Now, Isaiah Yo is a guy that's played in the outside backs for the majority of his career up until probably five or six years ago when he got moved into the 13 role. So he's a really competent defender. He could fill an edge spot for you, no problems at all. I was a little bit shocked that he mightn't have been pushed out there when Tom did go down as opposed yeah. to Cookie. Um, so I think they're, you know, you've already got a guy like that on the bench with that sort of cover. Um, so I'm really not sure how they're going to use... Um, Gutho, but it is a good, a, a great reward for, um, you know, great form at club level. How doesn't Dylan Edwards get a start? Oh, like yeah. what, what, what I didn't really understand about these guys that are picked, they've even got drink water. So they've got three New South Wales fullbacks in front of Dylan Edwards. That's I mean, true. how does that happen? That's true. And I also thought that, you know, when, when you want to, you want to bring people in that really represent. New South Wales and what it stands for in relation to, you know, determination and and um, just a willingness to do whatever it takes. I mean, he does that on a weekly basis. And putting a guy in there that everyone wants to play with, you speak to anyone yeah. out of Penrith and they'll say, who do you like strapping the boots up with on a weekend? And they all say Dylan Edwards. Um, he's that guy. So I'm a little bit surprised that he wasn't brought in in some capacity, but yeah. they've gone another way and we'll see how that works out. 
All right, how will it work out? Just quickly, do they, well, do we'll they get the job? Then we win. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. find a way to get it done at home in front of um, you know seventy, eighty thousand fans, All right. and we'll spoil the party because Queensland will have the shield. They'll do it on the back of a loss, and we'll take some joy out of the series. And I'll enjoy that moment if it comes to him, That's for sure. There's <laughs> is plenty that, of motivation. That, that sweet bitterness. That's good. Well, it has it? to be right. Yeah. I mean, and no one wants to be on the wrong side of history, and, and no. you don't want to be in a, a losing team that that gets swept. Mm. I mean, um, it mightn't. Yeah, you might not understand what that means going into the game, but I'm sure after it, gee, I tell you what, that wouldn't feel good. All right. Uh, just quick look at uh, last night, the Raiders and the Dragons. The Raiders had a bit of a history of giving up big leads, certainly earlier in the year, though. Uh, they're kind of knocking around the top four now. 36-26. Yeah, they were... That half-time, it was going to be 50 again. It was. But the Dragons... How you feel at half-time, Tone? I felt like watching the cricket. Uh, (laughs) And you did, didn't you? (laughs) I did. I turned back and I saw some actually some terrific play from the Dragons in the second half. I know it was a game that was gone, but at least they they had a crack in the second half and, uh, you know, it was entertaining. There was some fire tone, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it, it did look bleak there for a time, especially when I, I think it got to like 12 nil or whatever mm-hmm. it may have been. It so um, it was by how far at some point. But, you know, Turner came in. He tried really hard. I thought the halves had some really nice moments with the football defensively. You know, Sullivan maybe got caught out a couple of times down on that left side. Um, but their effort was good. Um, the old you know, programming of here we go again didn't seem to sort of take over and they, they stayed in the fight, saw some really good things from Zach Lomax last yeah. last night, just effort-based things, you know, getting himself in really good positions to, to, to you know, to execute and, and deliver some points for his team, which he did really well. And um, and the Raiders just keep on keeping on, turn 10 from their last 13 games and, um, yeah, they, they tried Jack White in, in the in Yeah, what'd you make of that? He kind of, yeah, that was odd. Well, he just, it just takes his effect in it effectiveness with the football away because he was just under fatigue. So didn't get to see a lot with him the ball. But, you know, I don't think Sticky would be overly happy with the way that they let the Dragons back into the contest. But, you know, you walk away with two points from Wynn Stadium, it's just a good night out and you move on. A good night out, absolutely, unless, of course, you're a Dragons fan. But there were, as I said, there were some moments. Let's hope there are more of those before the season finished. Uh, You're listening to the Footy Talk podcast on Listener. And when we come back, we'll preview a massive Super Saturday. Welcome back. Listen to the Footy Talk podcast on listener Tony Squires. Ryan Girdler with you. All right, let's turn our attention to uh, Saturday, to today's games. First up, Parramatta taking on the Warriors. You know, obviously origin affected, which is such a bummer because this would have been an absolute cracker. Yeah. The form that the Warriors are in in Parramatta. They're still, mm-hmm. you know, they could still get the job done. They haven't been beaten for about half a dozen weeks now, but they are light on for Combank, aren't they? Going for six in a row, Tone. Yeah. And, yeah, what a shift to the middle part of the season that has been for the years on the back of guys like, you know, Hopgood and Gutherson, who's been rewarded, and Campbell Gillard comes back in. And, uh, yeah, they will miss him, Moses, and obviously Gutho. And I've got a stat for you, Tone. You want to hear it? Oh, please. The uh, the Eels haven't won a game since 2017 mm-hmm. without Gutho in the team. 2017? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Anyway, you can wow. check that one out. Yeah, that's um, it's a bit random, yeah. but I thought it was uh, relevant given the fact that he won't be there tonight. Sean Johnson That's goes a good in. stat to take into contract negotiations, isn't it? Oh, it's a great stat. <laughs> yeah, well, that's how much he means to, yeah. the, to the to the organisation. So, um, Sean Johnson, yep. 200th game. I think he's got a, a baby on the way as well, so lots on his mind, but it's a, it's a big night for him, 200 games at the Warriors. Yep. 
Um, and they need to bounce back after probably one of their most disappointing performances at home, uh, that loss to the Rabbits last week. Yep. Uh, hard to see them not getting the job done with those guys out, Tone, to be honest. Um, but you would have to imagine just with the momentum, the confidence that the Eels are playing with, uh, they'll put up some resistance, but the Warriors should be too good in that one. All right, second game is at Accor Stadium, and it's the the Rabbitohs taking on Canterbury. Of course, the Bulldogs sixty six point drubbing uh, last week, and those, look, those things can turn around. But do mm. they turn around for the Bulldogs against Souths? Yeah, I think they turn it around, Tone. I think mm. they actually do. They, there's a bit of a bounce back. Look, you take Cook, Kalamatangi, Murray, Walker, mm. Arrow, Graham, M- Latrell, Mitchell. And Jacob Host out of a size. <laughs> That's pretty big, isn't it? You know, it, yeah, it is. So there's obviously they're a confident side, the Rabbitohs. They had a fantastic win a little bit against the odds last week against the Warriors. But the Bulldogs, after that performance, they bring Sexton in. Um, they get a couple of players coming back. Um, Accor, so it's at a core. So obviously there'll be a lot of Bulldogs fans there coming to see the reaction after last week's loss. I think they get it done, Tone. I think they they find a way to win with, you know, Marnie coming in and you've got Avarillo who's who's been in decent touch. Matty Burton moves back to six, which I think will be really good. And and that combination with Sexton, he'll be a guy that's just been you know looking for an opportunity. Hasn't played a lot of first grade this year, but played a fair bit last year and. Uh, he'll be excited to show the coaching staff and his um, his players what he can do. And it's amazing, isn't it? You actually just away. You, you change clubs, you wander down the freeway, and just a couple of days later, you're playing for a different club completely. That's yeah. the nature of the modern game, isn't it? it, it I mean, it brings a, a little bit of pressure given the situation the Bulldogs are in at the moment, but... I see it as an exciting time for, for Toby, who, yeah, yeah he's, they brought Kieran Foran in, so he's sort of on the outer. Tanner Boyd sort of found some really good form, and that combination's been working for the for the Gold Coast. So he's just been, you know, stuck in Q Cup, and he's probably had a taste now and thinks that he's a first grader and wants to prove himself, and he gets the opportunity at the Bulldogs. I still think I maintain the best way to do those mid-season transfers is when the two teams play each other, you play first half of the one team, Come in, change jersey, play the second half of the other. That's uh, perfect. Oh, Tony. That would be right. <laughs> Have you got it? That's my bold prediction. Yeah, for my bold down prediction the future. is um, I, I, I don't think given the, the, the players that I just mentioned that are going to be out, that the Bulldogs winning is a bold prediction. But if they can win 13 plus, it's bold, and Ooh, that's where I'm going to go. Massive. Good. Thank you so much. That is it for Saturday edition of the Footy Talk podcast. On listener, Jimmy Graham, Ben Dobbin. I'll see you tomorrow. 